everybody and welcome to the spoiler warning podcast this is review number 684 with a review of Titan. i'm christopher schnacy and i'm steven miller and if you're joining us for the first time the spoiler warning podcast is a weekly film review program each week on the show we're going to dive in debate discuss and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you um Titan is a film that we have tried to see at a few festivals this year and now it is finally available um basically on premium vod everywhere actually i don't even think it's premium vod i feel like it was only six bucks to rent this one hmm. um i could be misremembering but this is a film that everybody can see now uh we didn't see it at the festivals steven saw it a few weeks back um in theaters but since it's out we thought we'd talk about it do you want to talk a little bit about uh the praise that's been coming out of the festivals for this film yeah i, I mean i should say this was not a parasite in that when when parasite won the palm everyone united in a manner of thank god the best movie won the palm door this is exciting um <laughs> when titan when can was happening this year everyone was kind of talking about what do they think is going to win what is that what do they think is going to win and titan was kind of the it was like, what if Titan wins? And like that caught hold and people started rooting for it, but not in a, this is obviously the greatest movie, the end, but more this is such a polarizing jolt of something. This would be <laughs> like a props to, you know, the props to the jury if this is what they choose to elevate. So right away, like when it happened, I wasn't necessarily sold that I would adore Titan. What I was sold is that this is an experience that is unforgettable and I need to experience it for myself. After the festival circuit, they kind of did the, there was like the shock narrative that I'm never a big fan of where they're like people passed out at their Toronto screening and they needed to be taken away by ambulance or this movie will just you don't know what you're in for. You're not ready for it. And I, I hate that shit. Like, I just don't think any movie can make good on that. So I tuned all that out. But, but were you ready for it though, Steven? No, but I was fine. Like I wasn't, um, I wasn't not fine as I ate my, you know, Alamo draft house, Bavarian pizza with mustard sauce. As I watched this film, all I could think about was you eating pizza during it and just <laughs> going, Nope. Yeah, maybe my head was in a weird place. But but anyway, I, I don't want to dip into the review too much on accident. All, all I want to say is the narrative coming out of Cannes was there were people like the David Ehrlichs of the world who were like, hell yeah, Titan, Titan, Titan. Shit, that's amazing. And there were detractors too. But even the detractors were like, okay, it's a pretty rad move for them to award this the big, <laughs> the, the big award. Like everybody just slow clapping on the internet. Yeah, that that was kind of the discourse. And then when it hit Toronto, there started to be more praise around it, but still praise around the like shock value aspect of it. Not so much about like, this is a heartbreaking work of genius, you know? Uh, so yeah. I kind of had no idea what to expect. Uh, all I knew is this is a movie that I had to see. And I finally ventured out with my first Alma Drafthouse experience in a year and a half. So I could watch this movie, eat a pizza, and then return back to my COVID hiding place. And then sit in the corner, rocking back and forth with your thumb in your mouth as you try to deal with everything you watch. <laughs> yep. <laughs> cool. 
Um, well, are you excited to talk about it, Stephen? Yeah, I'm. I'm so curious how you will feel about this movie. That is honestly the the only reason I'm interested in recording an episode about it. <laughs> is I, I want to know what this movie did to you. <laughs> yeah, um, I could definitely tell you all about the faces I was making it while watching it, and every time Jamie looked up and saw me, just like shaking my head and going, mm-mm, mm-mm, yeah. mm-mm. I, I was going to say before you did that, that well, your face is, mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're going to go ahead and play the non-English trailer for this film, and then when it comes back, we're going to get, we're just going to get all up in it. That was a trailer for Titan, and uh, it is a story of uh, a young woman who is a is is a dancer at car shows, and um, puts herself in a series of situations in which she needs to uh, hide out and assume the identity of somebody else. And this is sort of the story of where that identity assumption takes her. <laughs> is that is that an okay? explanation of the story yeah i mean this is one of those movies that i I don't know how we talk about it without spoiling it and also i don't know how we talk about it if we spoil it (laughs) (laughs) well why don't you at least start us off by trying to talk about it um and let us know what you thought of titan steven okay um titan was a very visceral experience for me um i would say it was a very unique experience and it was billed sort of kind of as a horror movie i mean uh the director julia ducournau did raw which we both saw at a draft house i recall eating while watching that too to varying (laughs) success i believe our server warned us about eating while watching the movie too (laughs) yep um and raw was more of a traditional horror movie i i don't know how to draw the difference between what makes that more of a horror and this more of something else. What what this movie was to me is a provocation. This movie was a series of very provocative visuals, a story that is blurring lines so we don't know what to believe about certain characters. It is trying to make us uncomfortable it's trying to make us cringe, but also put us in this awkward in-between space between like empathizing with a character and being revolted by a character. And I think ultimately it's like a body horror movie. It's a movie that is like the being a person is 
hard and disgusting and life is so i don't i don't know how to explain what this movie does but it's all very jarring and poking you in the eye again and again and again and i would not call what i felt loving this movie like i don't know people people have talked about this movie in a way where it resonated for them, like especially people who have like different sexual orientations or different gender identities and stuff like that, talk about how it resonates as this notion of like, how are you seen? Who are you? How do you relate to your body? And like, there's a deeper thing here that the movie is wrestling with that I can see, but I don't feel on a personal level. And what I feel is just the shock and awe of a movie that is trying to provoke different feelings in me, like revulsion and excitement and cringe and a desire to look away. And I don't know how to rate that. (laughs) Um, I, other than saying, I think this did a very, very good job at this. And I cannot imagine seeing it in any setting, but a packed crowd with people audibly reacting to the movie while I was audibly reacting to it. I, I think it was very, very well done movie that is not the type of movie i normally love then that is my non-spoilery thought on it (laughs) um yeah so do you want to do you want to take a get like a guess at what i thought of the film and why i thought that of the film uh would the why be a spoiler i i'll i'll try to talk about it in as little spoilerness as I can. Like what what I'm going to say is you did not like this movie because the fundamental premise of who a character is believed to be could not possibly be believed and that <laughs> made you not like the movie. Steven knows me so well. Hell yeah. <laughs> Because there is, like, by the end of the film, there is interesting things that are happening. Interesting play between the characters who are interacting and the roles they choose to play for each other and the feelings they may or may not have for one another. Like, there is something that this film is doing that is incredibly interesting. And, you know, obviously, visually, this film is just freaking off the charts, ridiculous, shocking, uh, grotesque beautiful it, it's like yeah. any any you know any adjective you can throw out this film has got it in spades and it's kind of rad for that i found a difficult time sitting at home watching this on an ipad <laughs> yeah trusting this ever could happen like i there's a lot of of uh jumps that i have to make that that are not just could somebody convincingly pull off this idea in a situation, but could they maintain this charade <laughs> for so long? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I, 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 I just, I just didn't buy the premise at all as I watched it. And I was like, this doesn't, this does not make sense. And I, I, I just, I never got over that as I watched it. There was a lot of things where I'm just like, whoa, really? Oh, dang, what? Oh, my God, how is this happening? But but I just, for some reason, in the back of my head, I just never bought it as 
as being a real thing that I was watching. And because of that, I couldn't sit and sink in and, and play with the story and, and, and really care about, uh, the, 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 you know, the chief firefighter guy and, um, you know, the, the lead woman, like all, like all together, like I, I just didn't, I, I just was too confused at what was going on. And obviously there is one inciting incident at the beginning of the film, which make the context of that scene makes sense. I understood what was happening. Mm -hmm. I understood the reaction she had and the result that came out of that. Um, there is a similar situation that's, we'll just call it multiplied by four, where I don't understand the inciting incident at all, other than a fetish for ears. <laughs> sure. And, and it was like, I was like, man, what the hell just happened? Okay, n now this is happening. And this is the way you're going to try to get out of that situation. And I just, I, it, it was, it was really hard for me to spend that first 45 minutes buying what I am watching and the logical progression, the characters going on that by the time people started settling in, I, it never fully brought me back. Um, it just kind of was like, man, this is so out there and it's spending a lot of time with like the body horror element <laughs> Yeah. And I just spent the whole movie shaking my head and making a face. And then I ate dinner as soon as it ended. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I am. Um, first of all, I think we have to do a spoiler section for this movie. Not in a like we're going to go beat by beat through what happens, but just so we can openly discuss what the movie does. Because I, for one, didn't know anything about this movie other than Titan, Cars, body horror the end you know like i, I knew yeah. nothing about the premise at all so every everything this movie does it, after the first five minutes and certainly after the first like 30 minutes was a complete shock to me um and i think it would be worth exploring that in a spoilery place yeah. uh, i guess what i would say to you is it is completely unbelievable <laughs> and what is interesting to me is only Vincent, the fire captain, even seems to believe this. And it becomes clear by the end that his belief is a intentional choice in spite of the evidence rather than being fooled by something. So, I don't know what that means, but I think in the universe of the movie, that is true. So, so I get that about the fireman, but I don't think... That, so the the other people people around them don't believe that she is his son mm -hmm. but i don't think they believe more than that like i think she is pulling off being somebody but they just think that like this is some like i i, I nobody is saying like I think that's somebody who's just wrapped their body and they're hiding, right? Mm. And I see. I, I don't know if the other firefighters, I'll, I'll say for lack of a better word, like gendered belief about uh, this person is clear one way or another. So if, if you're talking about the specific logistics of that part, maybe, yeah, I get it. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, they're, they're like, 
I mean, like, now, so in, now, an now we're in that thing, place where I want to say it because we're not in spoilers, but I want it to be clear for people who aren't going to listen to spoilers exactly what I'm trying. There is something specific she is trying to hide, right? Which seems uh, impossible. <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah, not talking about breasts. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I I get it. Yeah. Um, I will say a lot of this movie is clearly about dysphoria, like body dysphoria you are alluding to parts of it that we can't fully describe in a non-spoiler section um and that is one of those places where i don't the horrific tone and the desire to make you feel uncomfortable almost feels at odds with part of what it is trying to do like there's a scene where uh alexia is dancing um, with firefighters and it turned like the, the nature of dancing changes and people see this person in a different light. And I believe the movie wants that to be us recognizing the gender bending nature of all things and how fragile this idea of like the masculine or the feminine is. I think what the camera does is wants us to feel very uncomfortable with the dancing like and that it's weird because they seem like competing goals like i think the movie wants to embrace the fluidity of things and the way the movie chooses to use body horror to express it makes it feel like it is pushing us it is calling a thing horrific that isn't horrific and i think in general when horror deals with real concepts i don't get that is like where does the line between you want me to be shocked but is it bad that you want me to be shocked yeah Um, yeah i don't know i i kind of couldn't wrestle with that did you watch um uh what was that border the the movie that julius wanted us to review years ago (laughs) i feel like this exists in a similar plane as border in that it is doing something very provocative and interesting about identity and it is trying to disgust you but then also kind of trying to say that like everything is disgusting therefore this is beautiful um and i don't know i think it would make an interesting comparison yeah (laughs) if we could finally watch it (laughs) yeah i I, I don't know but yeah it's it's I, i feel like this film before it wants to start talking about those things it sort of it sort of starts with a child being in an accident that's a pretty severe accident mm-hmm. um you know having to have like the halo and everything to to keep her head straight and then yeah. the first thing she does when she gets out of the hospital is like just rub up against a car like she already has yeah. like the sexual fascination with metal um mm-hmm. and for me, I don't know if all those metaphors it's playing with by the end of the movie are existing in this moment too, or if this is yeah. just a super French <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I have no idea. idea about whatever, right? Like it, it's kind of like I have to get through so much. I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's the thing it's trying to do, right? Like it is trying to put you down one direction and then do a turn at the end and make mm-hmm. you think differently about everything you've watched. But I have spent so much of the runtime just thinking about the mechanics literal yeah. mechanics of what it's doing <laughs> yeah. which are um physically unbelievable not only because the world this exists in couldn't exist but literally like how things are compressed 
Like, anyway, <laughs> yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I so that's the thing. I don't know how the core publicly known premise of this movie involving cars relates to the blurring of identities, both like gender identity, but also who are you? Who is your family? Who do you relate to? What do you choose to believe about each other and why? I don't know how those connect other than this being a very kind of trippy journey through discomforting scenes of bodies behaving in ways we don't expect. Like, yeah. I don't get the theme that connects all those things. Yeah. And I certainly don't connect, get them when there's another thing we haven't even talked about at all because would require spoilers, which is uh, the fixation on ears and the things that this person does multiple times regarding that and yeah. where that puts our view of her. It, it is just a very strange, intentionally strange movie. I mean, yeah, like there, there is... You know, you're we're we're theoretically on her side the first time she yeah. de deploys chopsticks. <laughs> the second time, we're I mean, I wasn't. <laughs> no, 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 no. We are not supposed to. I, I I didn't even know if I missed a line of dialogue or something, or or if it was just like a reflex that happened. Um, and I was like, all right, and then. As that spirals off, you know, it becomes like for for five minutes, it is like a Coen Brothers film <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> where, where somebody is in a situation that causes them to make bad decisions. But then the way those bad decisions spiral onwards, like what happens at that location? What happens at her home when she gets home? And like just moving forward, it's kind of like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, yeah. This is not a person making logical decisions. This is not a person making decisions in a, a sudden uh, panic. This is somebody who is just fucked up. And I guess that's what we're watching. Um, so, it, it, yeah, I, I... We can get to it in spoilers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let's just talk about that in spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, well, should we do verdicts, pre-spoiler verdicts? Sure. All right, Stephen Miller, if you were going to give us a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, I am padded by question marks on all sides. I'm giving this a recommend with a caveat. Uh, I think this movie, no one else would have ever made this movie. I don't know how anyone comes up with this movie. It is striking, and if its goal is to provoke, I think it does it extremely well. But I don't know what it builds to beyond provocation. And I don't like horror movies because they make me scared. And they, unless they build towards a thing that makes me think and overcomes the scaredness. And I think for being made uncomfortable and grossed out and all of those things, I also want to have some kind of through line that makes me understand why I am feeling it. And caveat is i don't think whatever this movie means is not obvious enough to justify the cringe unless you want to just feel uncomfortable and i i think like i have to praise the achievement of it i think the colors the visuals the, there's so much very memorable and very interesting here like i watched Titan at this point probably four weeks ago and i remember it better than dune which i watched like three <laughs> days ago um <laughs> it, it is a great achievement 
the caveat, I don't know why it is. And I cannot guarantee it will be anybody's cup of tea because it is its own unique animal and you are just along for the ride. Yeah. Uh, I am going to give it a wait for rental. Um, there are lots of people who are going to love this movie. There's lots of people that do love this movie. Um, it didn't really work for me, but it's visually striking. It's psychologically striking. <laughs> it's that this film is doing a lot. I think it's executing on what it wants to do. I'm not necessarily a fan of what it's doing, <laughs> but, but it does it real good. <laughs> yeah. So, so I will give it a wait for rental. Um, but yeah, um, to really talk about this film, we'll have to do spoilers. So for everybody who's not going to stick around for spoilers, go watch the film, I guess. Um, and uh, we'll close this out for you right now. So Stephen, if those people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? People can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Tatan, so hopefully you were enjoying that. And uh, yeah, that's it for the non-spoiler segment. The music that's playing right now is going to fade up, and when that music fades out, we're going to be back in full-blown spoilers. So unless you want, you know centrifugal force to throw your head against a window sit down in your seat and don't take your seatbelt off because spoilers are coming right at you We're back. This is spoiler territory. It's the after part of our review for Tatan. We are talking full-blown spoilers, so watch out. Here they come. Where do you want to start us off, Stephen? So, okay. The, the thing we managed to not say at all in the review is Alexia is a serial killer. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I believe that is clear in the text of the film. Like, the first time we watch her kill, it is justified but not only do we then watch her kill many people in a like Kingsman in the church type scene of like a murder spree in the middle of an orgy. Um, we also, I believe are meant to think that was not the first time she has done this. She has just been killing people that something about who she is, something about the accident, I don't know, has turned her into someone that murders people. Yeah. Like you um, don't carry a chopstick 24 seven. Yeah. Unless you want to use it to chopstick people to death. <laughs> yeah, like she she murders people who get close to her. Maybe that is the the through line. I can't tell. Um, I mean, but- so so you referred to the act in that house as an orgy. I believe she thought they were the only two people in that house. That's the way I interpreted mm-hmm. it. And after she kills the one person, somebody starts coming down the stairs and she goes, oh, shit, I guess I got to kill that person. And then there's somebody at the top of the stairs and she's like, oh, shit, I guess I got to kill that person. And then there's somebody in one of the rooms and she goes, well, shit, there's been a lot of killing. I can't leave any witnesses. I guess I'll kill this person, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like, well, so for one thing, in the theater, there were 
roars of laughter during that scene, which again started to make me question what kind of movie I was watching because it yeah. is playing, it is matching all the buttons of what you could feel. Um, and what is strange, so even leading up to that, she has shown um, strange things on the border of sadism and pleasure, right? Like she is kissing this person, Justine, I think her name is, uh, and she starts to like suck on her nipple and it becomes like biting and pulling, 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 pulling until it hurts really badly. Yeah. And that's when things sour. And she has this like relationship with bodies that is make sex and violence be related to each other. And I think there are some lingering stares early in this movie that make us at least believe perhaps her father and her did not have a great relationship and that that somehow also imbued this, but we don't know. Like we aren't told yeah. what is going on with this person. Um, so, so but she isn't someone we relate to. That's yeah. kind of like the fundamental thing. She is not someone we look at as a hero and we're like, oh my God, how is she going to get out of this? Okay. I think we are distanced from her immediately in the movie. And what we follow is like more like under the skin of like, what is this being doing yeah. <laughs> rather than let me relate to them and imagine why they do the things they do. Yeah, so I, I just had a quick question about the father relationship because, like, she mm -hmm. is not a she's not a child, right? Right. If there was something, if there was some tenseness between her and her father, I would expect that she wouldn't live at home. And it's weird that she is still, like, it feels like my my assumption was that they couldn't have like they have a begrudging relationship, but I feel like the father almost killed her in the car even though it was her fault and that he is sort of like a lifelong have to watch out for her because i almost killed her it's like a begrudging caretaker role but i didn't i didn't necessarily interpret it as something super fucked up between them yeah but, i mean it isn't said and it might not be there i did i feel like when she is a young girl at the beginning of the movie her behavior there could be based on something having already harmed her relationship to things in some gotcha. way. And yeah. she's this a person now in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. But this like Alexia, as we meet her as an adult is kind of someone who has been emotionally stunted by the accident and potentially things that had happened in her life before the accident. Yeah. I don't know what that all means, but like this character is not a full fledged person. Yeah. And I think to watch the movie wanting her to be, it would be frustrating over and over and over again because her actions don't make sense. Like one example. So, okay. She's like a serial killer. She burns her house down. She goes on the run she has this thing that is not very believable, but is brutal to watch of like beating her nose in until she is like unrecognizable and can pass as this missing boy. Yeah. Um, and for a while, it is like a kind of horrific, like she is pretending to be this boy in this poor grieving man's house. And he seems like he might be abusive. Like he is like powerful. He's taking steroids. He is afraid of losing his son again. And so he is, Vincent is like 
trapping her. And it seems like this is going to be, she is going to escape and kill this dude. And then again, the movie like zigs where you think it's going to zag and she feels for him and they become a begrudging family. Like there's things that she does repeatedly that don't make sense if you want her to behave in a predictable, why would this character do this way? Yeah. Um, but, but that's the thing is like, yeah. so th- this film feels like it's, it's, this film feels like it's doing three different films at once, right? Mm. Because let's imagine, let's imagine um, she's assaulted by this guy in the parking lot. She does kill him uh as she's trying to like drag him away from her car a cop comes around in the corner she goes oh shit she goes into hiding she assumes the identity of this uh this boy has to figure out how to work there realizes the man is troubled like that is one story you know minus the 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 inciting incident like you know pretty traditional story like that's kind of what it's doing then there's this weird like other horror movie stylized horror movie where she fucks a car gets knocked up by a car car. and then gives birth to a half car half baby um human child that could be its own film and all the body horror stuff that can come along with that that could be its own thing when you wrap these two things around each other it feels like they cancel each other out at moments where you're like, uh, I don't know about, well, this is weird. How is this happening? Like it, it becomes a, like, it's hard for me to mix those together. And then like making her just a straight up serial killer. Like it feels a lot like, so you, like you were talking about, um, I forget. I don't, you, you can, you can fix my, my, I won't try to quote you, but I'll just paraphrase. You just talked about like the way she was before her accident was maybe some sort of indication of some other trauma before that moment that led her to be a little like little demon child <laughs> before the accident. Right. Yeah. Um, I kind of watched this film and, and see that like when she came out of the accident, she just thought that she was invincible. And because she has metal plates in her head, she just feels like she is different than everyone else. She is like she's like a superhero now right or a super villain i should say because she goes on these killing sprees so it's like i feel like she doesn't she sees other people around her as weaker than her and she's willing to uh release them of their bodily (laughs) sort of well you could even say her way of killing them is like trying to find someone like her right like she's like putting this chopstick in their ear and they don't have titanium in their head all they have is goop (laughs) That like hot fizzy, ugh. Ugh. Does that? Did you Google if that happens when you no <laughs> shank somebody in the air hole? I I didn't want the FBI to send out my house. Uh, it just reminds me of uh, uh, Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy's like, I'll throw this chopstick in your ears. Like, you know what happens when you do that? <laughs> Anyway, it's so, so, um, so, okay. The, the other thing you talked about is she is pregnant and she's giving birth to a car and throughout <laughs> the movie, though, not linearly, like I, I would say like when she is on the run, her pregnancy gets pretty large. Like already when she is pretending to be, uh, Adrian, the first time she tapes herself up, it looks painful. It looks like, wow, you are really having to squeeze that pregnant belly into this rap and then it gets worse and worse 
over the course of the movie, less and less believable that she could possibly do that. But th- there was something very like searing or like visually compelling about the the pain of that and like how brutal it is. And and that felt like I don't know. I don't know if it was like about pregnancy and how like we're all under the hood going through this like <laughs> grotesque thing like life is a circle of like pain um but it it was very jarring especially by the end of the movie when she is like leaking oil and crawls into bed with Vincent like i i think the end of this movie is fantastic actually i forgot to say that in my um review i don't know what it means but the the strange alliance that they form where he accepts her for whatever or whoever she is and they have this kind of desperate thing together before she dies yeah. uh, like i thought that was a like very very striking ending but again i don't know why the pregnancy i don't know why any of this but well, yeah, it, I, I think stuck I, with me i think for me it's a combination of the fact that she is able to just strap down so first of all like because because after after the first however long it's been, she is like pregnant, pregnant. She's not yeah. like beer gut. Uh, I might be pregnant. I might not be pregnant. She is so pregnant. And mm-hmm. A, I don't know if you can just strap that down and hide it. That, that wasn't believable to me. But on top of that, how is she still carrying this baby to term if she's constantly yeah. doing things like that? Well, like, the baby is half car. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But I, but I mean, I, I, we don't 100%. Like, I watched most of this movie assuming that was her visualization of, like, I, I was not fully on board for the baby to come out being titanium. <laughs> mm, <laughs> right? Like, like, I'm watching something where I'm watching a person's interpretation of what it feels like to be yep. going through this pregnancy, not mm-hmm. a literal thing that is happening. Um, Got it. Yeah. So for me, it's like this, like, like we watch her try to give herself a, an abortion with the chopsticks um, earlier on. Obviously that doesn't take, <laughs> she's still pregnant, but I, I think for me, I kept thinking like, there's no way you can just hide the baby like that, just strap it down that hard. But then on top of that, she keeps getting put in situations that would also hurt the baby. Like there, there's the part where Vincent picks her up and throws her over the shoulders and is like yeah. dancing around with her and she's laying right on the stomach. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, a, how's the baby handling this? B, how are you handling this? C, how does he not realize that? Yeah. Like he would feel that difference, right? Like if, if somebody comes right. up behind you and like presses their stomach against you, you know exactly what they're doing because you can feel that difference. And I, and I think that like there's like, I thought in that moment that she would like her water was going to break or something like when he shoved her on top of his shoulders and was dancing around and everybody would be like, ew, you peed yourself. And then she'd be like, just yeah. kidding. I'm having a baby. Um, but it, yeah, it was just super, there, there was too much stuff where I was like, the logistics of this don't work out. Like I'm doing the math over here right. and I feel confused and it like it just didn't allow me to really dive into what was going on. So is there because you brought up a few interesting things, is there a read of this movie where this is all the her fairy tale pan's labyrinth version of reality as funneled through her 
violent fixations and understanding of cars where what really happened is she was assaulted that night by the guy that we watch her kill with a chopstick yeah. and then have sex with a car. She is pregnant. She tries to, you know, have a relationship with someone. She tries to live a normal life, but she is outcast. And then there's some kind of realization that she doesn't belong in this body and that she may be, like, like there, there could be a reading of this movie where it is about coming to terms with like a birth that you didn't want and what it means to be in a body that you don't feel at home in. And I don't know if the whole movie would work in that way, but I haven't thought of that until right now. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how to interpret things because... Yeah, I, I, it's 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 too much for me to to grasp, and I don't, and I, mm. I, I, and it it's hard to know what it's really about because it can work on so many different levels. Because on the one hand, she is like, it's very possible that the reason why she dances at these car shows is to be sexual with the car, right? And she's just annoyed that all these men are obsessed with her. Because yeah. she's not doing this dancing for them. She's doing it for the car that she wants to be close to. <laughs> um, yeah. And if that's all the case, then the pregnancy, if it's real from somebody else she encountered with, it's somebody she had an encounter with before the movie ever started. And we never see that. So we're either watching a literal uh, car baby being born or the film is starting like media res after she has had a boyfriend that she's split up from where it's like, no, no what I, what I'm saying is if the murders are a flight of fancy and what really happened is she didn't stop that guy. Oh, okay. That's what you're saying. Or if, yeah. So she did in the house what she wanted to do in the car, but didn't. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I don't know that I believe that's what the movie is doing, but I think it would be interesting to re go through the plot thinking that way and wondering how it holds up. Yeah. That is an interesting potential take or take, but yeah. potential reality to what this film is trying to do. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I honestly believe the director doesn't want us to know. I think it being jarring and provocative and making you pull a thousand different meanings from it is what she wanted, which... Yeah, because it, <laughs> it is interesting because the context for how she has sex with the car is having just survived the assault, she goes in and showers. And then while showering, yeah. she is called to the car yeah. and has this... It's almost like she's like reclaiming the yeah. story. That is very, very interesting. Hmm... Guess we'll have to watch it again. <laughs> uh, I don't know if there's enough pizza to, <laughs> to make it through. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, the burning of her parents. Mm -hmm. Obviously, she, she goes home and she is just burning the clothes that have the evidence on it. Yeah. That fire sort of gets out of out of control and she is in awe of like the destructive power of of fire and uh oddly enough it seems like the garage is already flame retardant or something yeah <laughs> like, right doesn't it look like if you watch like 
um conspiracy theory right like mel gibson's apartment is like all foil so that it can burn just the apartment and not the rest of the building it, lo- it <laughs> looks like the garage is set like that but obviously it's not because the house burns down but do you think she is trying to kill her parents or do you think she just wants people to be burned up in the house so that there'd be plausible to assume that she was also burned up in the house like is she trying to kill her past um or is she trying I... to just fuck over her parents I think, again, caveat, it's hard to know what she wants because she doesn't behave as a character with wants and actions that follow them all the time. Um, I think... Yeah, I I think she is trying to kill her past, basically. And that means burning down the house, including the people in it. Um, I don't know if it's a personal vendetta against her parents or just the, the means to an end, but... That was my understanding. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. Any last parts of this movie that you want to hit, Stephen, before we round it out? No. Um, it's a weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, uh, we're going to transition from a really fucked up movie to a movie that's not fucked up at all called Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.